Within a week where it became clear that we are going to be challenging for the title this season, the hearts are most definitely back in our hearts. My name is Jarvie and I'm joined this week by Hammy, Paddy and Cameron. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. First of all, boys, Craig Gordon has been named as captain for next season, not John Souter. What do you think about that? Are you bothered? Is anyone here genuinely surprised in any kind of way? This, no. Surely this no. was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> uh, I mean... I really wasn't sure if it would be him or Suter. I think them two and Michael Smith were really the only candidates. Um, and Gordon's, yeah, he's the most experienced, isn't he? So it makes sense. I, I just thought he was maybe a leader enough. Maybe Suter would have been a better captain. Keep him tied down as well since he's no longer injured. <laughs> Aye, I, I know you've got that aspect, but what if, he, uh, what if he injures himself in two weeks? <laughs> you know, there's your captain, gone. Right. Uh, not that I think he will, of course, but... Uh, right, that's Paddy's job to say stuff like that. Yeah. Give him I the... think he will. <laughs> <laughs> Did we name a vice-captain? Even oh, Naismith from the bench? <laughs> no. I'm sure there was like a, a leadership group that said in the oh, paper... Oh, I hate oh, right that fucking that. term. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds very woke workplace. Yeah, I think uh, I think Cameron mentioned this maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, but um, I'm also not a fan of giving somebody the captaincy just so they stay at the club. I, I don't think that's really the right way to go about things, to be honest. Craig Gordon was the obvious choice. John Suter will play three games a season. <laughs> oh, fuck off, buddy. <laughs> Terrible thing to say. Um, but John Suter was better as... Uh, vice-captain before Suter got injured and Craig Gordon has signed since then albeit as a club legend but hey-ho, I'm sure Suter's not exactly angry that Gordon's been named captain and neither are we Um, Speaking of Craig Gordon he broke John McLaughlin McLaughlin's clean sheet record um, reaching nine competitive clean sheets in a row following the resounding victory over Cove Rangers um, we, do you think that's uh, do you think that's fair enough considering who McLaughlin was up against for his clean sheet run in comparison? Eh, Celtic Hibs. I mean, you can only piss for the cock you've got. Eh, so, uh, it's, and let's be honest, our defence last season wasn't exactly airtight. So, I I can I can see what people are saying, but. It's still, it's, it's a good achievement. It's a great achievement, actually, to be honest with you. Craig Gordon did that with Papescu as one of his centre-backs. <laughs> like, <laughs> aye, he's earned it. <laughs> I actually don't think he did. If you think the last nine games, that's when Shea Logan was in and you had Halkett, Suter, Smith as the three in the middle. So it was Papescu-less. It is that. All right. Fucking bring in your facts. <laughs> I can Oh, I, I hate knowing stuff about last season. Um, speaking of uh, John McLaughlin, uh, another John McLaughlin has joined the club. Or is it? It's not actually the John McLaughlin, is it? Um, I believe he's... Is he missing... Somebody's missing an H. 
and John. <laughs> oh, really? And, uh, so I know it's one of them is John without and one of them is John with. John, John without is the goalkeeper. There we go. <laughs> right, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. And, and this guy, is he like head of academy? Something like that? He's the academy coaching development manager. So oh, wow, what a spent... title. That, that sounds quite... like... Sounds like he does HR for the coaching academy. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he spent 17 years at Celtic uh, leading the Intermediate Academy. Um, so I think that's the Intermediate Academy. So it sounds like the step before your academy. I don't, I don't really know what happens at Celtic Park. But it, like, he seems to have, uh, let's say, 17 years at Celtic Park. He was at Partick Thistle and Livingston before he joined Celtic. So... He seems to be very, very experienced. Uh, I think this is another hire from the, you know, the backroom staff that's will hopefully pay dividends in the, the next few years. Good stuff. Sounds like another thing that <coughs> Craig Levine was meant to be doing but wasn't doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so at least we've got a professional in to do it. Um, and thanks for clearing that up, Cameron. It's not the thirty-third degree Mason goalkeeper at the Rangers, John McLaughlin. It's the other one. That's fine. Um, 9,000 season tickets have been sold so far. Um, do you think that's going to start rocketing after that Cove game now? I actually think it will. I think it'll probably encourage a few people um, looking at the social medias and things. The overwhelming sense of we're back is uh, growing. So I think it'll probably encourage a few people to, to sign on again. I think just with the way that restrictions and things are going as well, that's probably turning people's heads. So we are recording Wednesday night and the um, renewal window closes tomorrow night, I believe. So we'll, we'll know by next time you record. Yeah. I think uh, there's probably a lot of people hanging on to the last minute. Yeah. I think there's probably, there's also going to be an element, regardless of what you watched last season, people like going to the football. They, like, they want a day out and mm. that's what they've been deprived of for the last year and a half. And now they're seeing people back at games. That's it's going to have a massive effect. People then mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, I'll renew. I want to go back, regardless of what the product's like." No, you just want to go on your jollies. Basically, Saturday afternoon. No, and we love our bloody jollies. Fingers crossed. And just to say, we never won the bloody ballot. <laughs> the four of us joined, <laughs> so we weren't at the Cove game. Fucking unbelievable. Um, aye, raging. Uh, hopefully that means we're guaranteed tickets for the Inverness game. Uh, I'm sure we'll find a way to miss it. Just somehow. I know. Like, we're, we're just unlucky like that. Hopefully, though. That could be a, 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 a good game as well. That uh, could be. If we don't get tickets, I'm going to say there's a conspiracy behind it. Uh, One of some other Hearts podcast is telling them not to let us go uh, the clubs heard something we said some shit shit in the background anyway, but we'll soon find out. Um, we are going to win the league now, aren't we? After that Cove game, I just don't see how we don't. Yeah. What's it? The Rangers did they not get beat off Tranmere Rovers or something? Rangers are on the downslope. Celtic are in transition. The Hearts are coming back. That's it. Um, just a few other bits and bobs of news before we speak a wee bit about transfers. Um, squad number drama. <laughs> this was a, an interesting day. So Nanduli moved from 9 to 21 
and then there was loads of speculation that we were going to sign a new number nine, like Kevin Kyle or someone. Um, but I believe he just moved to his favourite number, 21, his old number. Uh, I think he's had 21 at three of his previous clubs, so I think it just, sadly, I think it's just one of these ones where he just wants that number. I mean, I was a bit surprised we've got Liam Boyce and Andrew Wheeler on the books and neither of those two took number nine, but Hmm. Maybe it just means we've got a big striker incoming. Even taller than Andrewley. Seven foot one. Jan Collar. There we go. Jan Collar. How tall was Jan Collar? Fucking tall. No, he was just the That biggest. was his official height as well. Fucking tall. <laughs> and he was as broad as he was tall as well. <laughs> what Absolutely. a man. Um... Yep, squad numbers. Um, number nine could be Craig Halkett. Spoke oh, about last week. Jesus, I hate that. Uh, Craig Halkett does have a new number as well, um, considering the Zal's jersey's been retwi- retired. He's actually got a nine, but 19. Oh. Um, it's also worth bearing in mind that the last time we were in top division, um, Craig Halkett was our top scorer. So there you go. <laughs> oh, That's a terrifying thought. None of that this year. We're going to be raining goals. That's the kind of content I'm wanting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an over-under. Hulk at 10 goals. And that'll be it. Top goal scorer. Hammy, <laughs> uh, no number for Jamie Brandon. What do you think's happening there? I thought he was released, was he not? Was out of contract, know. sorry. I think he's got a year left on his deal, but I think he's still coming back from injury so I, I, I was a bit surprised for that but maybe they're just waiting to see how the recovery and the recuperation goes before deciding whether to loan him out or keep him or it's a bit it's probably not the best sign though I would I would imagine if he's not been given a number yeah oh dear shame for shame for your previous young player of the season <laughs> prediction uh, I was a kiss um, of death. Uh, we bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't pick, um, don't pick Gino for this season or something when we come to that show, please. Um, speaking of Gino, he's went from number seven to thirty, but that's a, a tribute to his friend who passed away. So we don't have a number seven or a number nine. Like our PR managers in that behind the scenes must be like, uh, excuse me, Mister Nielsen. Well, you're going to have to sign someone just to fill these shirts. Aye, maybe. <laughs> Can't you just not have a number seven or a nine? It's nuts. You can see how much this panics you to everybody else. Not news. <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland ticket shambles. Somebody got charged £120 for a ticket and they never got their ticket. Hearts. Um, <laughs> I imagine that happened to you. How fucking raging you'd be. <laughs> Unless we signed a new player, obviously, and that 120 pounds is a contribution towards that. So fair yeah. play to them. <laughs> it seemed to go really, really badly though. Like it just didn't work. Folk just I just I didn't even attempt it. A quick look on Twitter, it was like, nah, I'm probably gonna leave this one, lads. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I'm busy, but uh <laughs> I, it seemed that everybody seemed to be having issues with it. And it was only two thousand tickets. How difficult. Is it to sell 2,000 tickets? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Through Ticketmaster. Right, transfers. Paddy, 
there's been some devastating news this week. If you'd like to open with that, please. Yeah, Mario Balotelli signed for some shite wee Turkish team. Can we move on, please? <laughs> and not the same wee shite Turkish team that Andy Irvin plays for in Germany. <laughs> no, it's not that one. Is that Turkish team actually in Turkey? Nice. Oh. Um, well, William Lansfield has joined Harps. That's a man who speaks Italian, so watch this space for next summer. Um, <laughs> as far as we can tell, he's coming in to replace John Murray's kind of lead roles um, as the kind of head of the recruitment or scouting department, whatever you want to call it. He's the former lead scout at Southampton, um, and he is credited for the signing of Virgil van Dijk from Celtic. So some CV there. Um, just how exciting is all the, the structural changes or hires behind the scenes at Hearts? I'll wait and see. <laughs> mm. uh, like, I'm sure somebody's really, really excited by all this. It's, it's great as well, though, but it just uh, shows how badly the place has been for the sort of last five years. We're having a, these people are top people, so... Why, why is it taking so long to get these people in place when we've sat about with John Murray? I think it's important. I think it is really important. You know, you're laying that groundwork. Um, time will tell and how successful the hires have been, but it sounds and feels like the club are doing all the right things. And I know we get frustrated about the kind of lack of signings, but at the same time, and you'd said it yourself, Hammy, I think we'd rather make sure that we're, we're evaluating players and making the right decisions about them rather than rushing and and potentially sending guys who just aren't up to it. Yeah. Which we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is quite exciting getting the Southampton guy and I suppose like they, they're, especially their youth policy is unbelievable. They've got one of the best youth recruitments in, in Britain. So if you can help with that and then Robbie, Robbie will release them when they're 19. <laughs> you know this this Williams is only uh William, sorry, is twenty-eight. Oh, younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh, unbelievable. Good. Wow, I did not know that. That is incredible. And he's gonna be heading up to the department. I'm sure he's uh I'm sure he's an absolute whippet on the old Y Scout anyway. <laughs> football manager. Right, scout them on football manager and that. That's this. Listen to us, bunch of 30 year olds now talking shit about 20 year olds. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. <laughs> yep. You'll do it too, listeners in your 20s when you turn 30. <laughs> um, one thing it does do is give Hearts good structure behind the scenes, as in the manager is now very replaceable, isn't he? And everything else at the club has some continuity. Yes. Yeah. It had to be done after the Levine era and the Jobs for Boys Network for the oh, last, yeah. what, since Sergio? Even including John Yeah, Levine. I mean, it's been a bit of a joke since 2006, other yep. than the Scottish Cup one. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been a revolving door of shit managers. Yeah. Well, John McGlynn was good. Let's not, not um, talk negatively about that. And Paolo Sergio was as well. But on the whole, like the, like the Craig Levine thing was just mental, actually, looking back at that now. How much power he had he, he and how little he did knew, with it. 
he must have had that on someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what everyone was calling for at the end of last season. You know, it's a complete refresh behind the scenes. So let's just hope Nielsen gets us playing on the pitch. So is Nielsen's title now just head coach and not manager? Because that would make more sense with the structure of the club now. It's definitely a more European setup than what it was under Levine. Not too sure if its title's changed. Maybe one of those things you don't hear publicly. Might not matter behind the scenes. Yeah, I suppose. Welcome to the Broken Hearts podcast, where we split hairs on the titles of our staff and the squad <laughs> numbers of our players. <laughs> Cameron's in a fantastic mood tonight, gentlemen. He's, oh, a he's cup still of manager. In. <laughs> um, what I would say, Joe Savage, uh, Cameron, he does seem to be running a pretty leakless ship. Uh, even ourselves on all over the forums and, and message boards are struggling to find a transfer. Do think that's a, a, good, a good sign early on here? <laughs> leakless ship is not a saying. <laughs> 100% not. What if the ship is freshly painted and sealed? <laughs> I mean, it's just a ship then, isn't it? But yeah, um, it sounds like he is, is going around plugging those holes, as you say. So um, filling what might have been the leaks that were previously there. Mm-hmm. What do you think was happening before? Do you think John Murray was just walking into the pub and just saying, "Oh, I were looking at looking at this guy. Looked, saw this guy on YouTube. He looks all right. It's called uh, Amananqua, but we're going to oh. sign him." <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, well, how did you how did you decide, John? We just uh, wet paper towels, and whichever one sticks to the door door, that's the one we go for. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, right. Uh, Harry Stone has moved to Partick Thistle on loan um, for the full season. Championship level. He's happy with that one. Good move for him. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, especially if he gets a good amount of games. That would be great for him. Certainly seems better than where he's been. Yeah. That good, good. Well, he must have been in, I think he was in League Two last season. So up to the championship now. Nice. Going, I think he's, he's obviously going there for first-team football. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been let to Partick Thistle. So. There's, a, there's a careful management piece that's got to be done at Hearts as well. You know, If, if we do think he's talent that um, has been made out, then you need to keep him interested. You know, and, and waiting around for a, a you know, starting gig is not always the easiest. So you've, you've got to be offering him something. And um, I'd imagine the Championship being a step up is, is part of that. Yeah. Bye. It's a good move. One of those teams will keep an eye on the on the scores at the weekend, looking for a clean sheet. Definitely good honest club are Partick Thistle. <laughs> Aye, brothers in arms. Um the Everlinked Ash Taylor has joined Walsall to find yes. the Lord. Potentially uh, dodging bullets there. Um Teddy Bishop rumours were an interesting one this week. This was the central midfielder. So the, the local papers in Ipswich. Kind of said is in the in the papers that he was uh, linked to Hearts, so it's obviously came from somewhere that Hearts is Hearts have queried with him, and then just a couple of days later, Hearts said to the Evening News that they weren't interested in him. Do you think they then found out how much money he was looking for by any chance? Yeah, definitely. Are they? They'll be League One or Championship, will they not? Ipswich. So he'll probably be on higher-end wages that we would be prepared to give. Mm-hmm. 
which is mental to say given we're now a top flight team again, but it's just the way that football is at the moment. Money's ruining everything. I thought what's happening in the English lower divisions, I thought there was like some sort of cap going in place to try and stop this. Why I is think that? I think there was supposed to be, but I'm not sure that's now going to be going through because they don't care about their clubs. <laughs> right. So Luton are going to keep snapping up all the best players in Scotland. I also could be wrong about that. So if anybody wants to make a complaint, they can do so. <laughs> Thank you, Paddy. Um, my favourite story of the week, favourite transfer story of the week, Ryan McGowan left Sydney for Q8 Club and he joined the same day as John Obi Mikel. Oh, <laughs> I think I said, said to you in a message that there's no player coming off the pitch up opposed to them that's going to be able to walk. <laughs> it's it's knee-high tackles all the way. Uh, sorry, superb. Um, John, got... John Obi Mikel is only 34. <laughs> still wow. younger than us. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Did you just say still younger than us, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> just clarify, he is not than us. We're not that old yet. <laughs> no. But but let, but I will we'll clarify that me and him do share a birthday. Hey, there we go. There we go. Lucky man. Um, I thought that was very funny. I'm sure they hit me going. I'll have some interesting conversations with John. Um. Celtic are reportedly in for Aaron Hickey. Um, apparently, they actually have bid four million, but Belonghi have told them it will cost them eight million. Um, Mitchell Dykes, who's the starting left back there, is apparently going to Roma, and Hickey's been told he's going to be their starting left back next season. Yeah, can I just say something on this? That Hickey, see, after all these rumours came out, Hickey put a post about Bologna and how he was going to stay there. So that's that's all. I don't think he'll end up at Celtic this summer. No, no. I mean, he's been told he's going to be starting for Bologna. That's decent for him and good for the Scottish game. Yes, another another quality left-back. <laughs> um, that was the thing. If he went to Celtic, maybe they would have played him at right-back. That would have been nice. That's Hickey. Jordan Roberts, Paddy. He's been told he's going to be in and around the first team this season. Um but I guess watch this space for a loan move still. You've got this thing where I hate Jordan Roberts. I, I generally don't. I thought he was decent in his first few games for us and then it, it, he just fell off a cliff. And we've said this before, it's because he was played in every position but the position he should have been playing in. <laughs> which is so unlike Nielsen. Yeah, I know. Fair enough. I just assume you hate everyone because you do hate all everyone <laughs> else, to be fair. <laughs> Um, some some uh, unsolicited rumours just to round off the transfers as always uh, there are Lawrence Shanklin rumours again what do you think this time around and are these rumours coming from you <laughs> yeah, no, this is just getting boring now with the Lawrence Shanklin I don't even want him we young boys uh, all the way baby I think we could do with another striker but I, I think if you're saying Liam uh, Lawrence Shanklin He's gonna he's gonna come in and want to be the main man playing every week and I just wouldn't play him over Boyce at the moment or Nandu. Well, I nah, I probably wouldn't play him over Nandu really at the moment, but I certainly wouldn't play him over Boyce. So, and I, I we'd probably have to spend money on him. I would imagine, uh, and mm-hmm. I can't see that happening. Um, I think Cameron's also made a good point. Is where has Nandu really been for the last two games for us? Like he's not even been in the squad, has he? 
No. Injured, I believe. Oh. Yeah, picked up a knock in the Bonnie Rules game where he scored a double. Um, <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, he was meant to be back for the Cove game, but he must have failed a, a late fitness test, so they thought, I came up, we'll get away with resting you, I think. Yeah. Was, was this not what we were warned about, though, when we signed him? That he does pick up knocks like this and is out for quite a while. Paddy, when have we not signed a player with that? Is this, that? This, this is very true. <laughs> like literally, you could say that about almost every player in our starting 11. <laughs> Michael uh, Smith's an absolute iron man. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Michael Smith. And even he got injured last season, did he not? Oh, I think he went off the pitch and came back on once. <laughs> I think that's the extent. Yeah, fair play. That, that's, that is an injury for him, though. Hi. Um, a couple more rumours. I'm almost scared to say anything now. I feel like Cameron's just going to keep biting my head off. Um, <laughs> there, there's rumours circulating online um, this afternoon that Nicola Katak from Rangers, uh, the centre-back, is coming to Hearts on loan. Uh, these rumours coming out of that kind of Rangers message boards, which is a bit odd. Broxy Bear. Broxy Bear, <laughs> spreading fake news potentially, but... Um, certainly doing the rounds at the moment uh, on paper could be a fantastic signing aye talking about injury prone players he's been out for a year <laughs> yeah and hasn't played played over 19 games in one season for Rangers either so <laughs> we must have perfect been, for Harps very uh, very good player but plenty of ability if you can keep him fit but still only 24 yeah, just a, a young man um, so yeah we'll see what happens there good Good one on paper. We'll see. Um, Paddy, one that's got you all raging this afternoon. Uh, James Scott of uh, former teenage Motherwell fame, who's now at Hull, has been linked with Hearts. Um, and that's not some shit getting made up, Cameron. This one's actually in paper on a website. That doesn't make sense. In writing on a website. Uh, this might be where your problem is, that you think websites are made of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's apparently between what was it, Hearts, St Johnston, Dundee United, and St Mirren have all offered uh, to take James Scott on loan. It's up to him where he goes. Uh, no, no, thank you. What is it, six and sixty-one? And I've already been burnt enough by Elliot Fear, a former Motherwell player, to <laughs> never want another one again. So it's yeah. a no from me. And. and uh... Some stats, 2018-2019 um, in the league for Motherwell, 12 games, one goal. 2019-2020, 22 games, three goals. And then uh, last season in League One for Hull, um, 18 games, one goal. Prolific. It's, it's not, they're not brilliant. Not prolific, but he's only 20 years old still. Yeah. yeah. And you're looking at just league goals. He did. Yeah, he seemed to score plenty of goals in the cup for Motherwell from what I've seen. I think it was, it was like 8 and 28 or something. Um, I think where he was starting more, I think in the league he was coming off the bench. But I'm, I know nothing about him, about him. I'm certainly not defending him. I just think it's easy to manipulate stats and make certain players look bad, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how... <laughs> I'm going to back Cameron up here. Um, six goals in 61 league games. All right. That's stats not making him look bad. That's that's him only scoring six goals in sixty-one games. That's 
a one in ten ratio. <laughs> right, Paddy, what's your ratio? I don't play football. <laughs> Speaking of stats, I've got, I've got I've got a game for you, Jarvis. Right. And this game is called Jordan Roberts or Jordan Jones. So I'll give you a couple of stats and I need you to tell me which one's which. So, oh, first of thing. all, one of them's 27, one of them's 26. And not a lot of age difference between them. Mm-hmm. I think it's like five, four months. Right. Who of the two is older? Jordan Jones, I think. It's Jordan Roberts, so that's none for wow. one. Wow, okay. Um, career goals for the both of them. Which one has more? Just, uh, just in total whole careers. Total whole career. Probably Jordan Roberts because he's played at a wee Tim Pot level. It's Jordan Roberts um, yeah. by three goals. Right. And height. Which one of the two is, is taller? <laughs> um. Well, I think there's a maybe a pattern here. <laughs> is it Jordan Roberts by like a centimetre or something? Jordan Roberts is, according to Wikipedia, six foot one. Jordan Jones is five, eight and a half. See that? Sure, I. Well. <laughs> Superb. So there you go. Good effort, Cameron. Enjoyed that. <laughs> Tune in next week for more. Jordan <laughs> Jones by Jordan Roberts. <laughs> New season segment. <laughs> Um, let's talk about some games of football. The the Peterhead game, we just blast through that. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, Craig Gordon made it eight competitive clean sheets in a row. We won 2-0. We had 17 shots, six of them were on target, 56% possession. There was a nice goal from GMS, ran a fair bit with the ball, placed it underneath the keeper. And for the other one, Peter had him won the ball in midfield, sprayed it over the top, Michael Smith, into the box, Liam Boyce scored it. Um, did you, from what you've seen of the game, I think a couple of you watched it, he's happy with the performance, especially away from home? We looked like we were decent, yeah. I mean, the level wasn't great that we were playing, but you can only play who's put in front of you, and we were. We, we controlled the game, so aye, happy with it. GMS starting to score goals now as well, Jarve. For fun, what a player. Never doubted him. Not once. Um, what what do you think about Michael Smith playing at wing back so far? Because last season, obviously, he was at right centre back. Shea Logan was in there. He's impressed with what you've seen so far. It's like watching Cafu again. It's brilliant. He's he's even like for the far uh, sorry second goal against uh, Peter Heed. He's in so much space, so far up the pitch. It's uh, it's brilliant, and I just think. He's maybe you know, the most technically gifted player and he's actually a better defender than he is going forward, but he's got such an engine on him and he's so fit that he just he gets so far behind these players uh, that try to sort of play him offside and things. It's He's, a, he's actually a lot... And again, we need to take into account this period in cold ranges that he's played against. He'll play against better fullbacks, but he, he's looked really good. Yeah, I agree. I also think his delivery into the box is brilliant as well, like He's just a, such a great football player. <laughs> it's mental through this era of hearts that we've managed to discover one. Lucky we live in a very lovely city. He's obviously <laughs> very, <laughs> exactly. very settled here. Um, I, to the words of my mouth, but his engine hammy, 
it's exactly what you want for a wing back, eh? So yeah. we'll make it continue. Um still think we've got to go out and sign an actual wing back because as robust as Michael Smith is, he well he might, but he's probably not gonna last forever. Yeah, I, I think we need we need competition for places. Um, but also like sorry, just going back a bit, is if you slot Michael Smith at right centre back, he's just as comfortable there as well. Mm-hmm. Like so you've got options with him if you do bring somebody else in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll speak about the Cove game in a second, but Michael Smith can play anywhere. I think he did play everywhere other than in goals against Cove. It's, fucking, it's just unbelievable. What a player. Right, the uh, the Cove Rangers game. Um, Hammy, there was a start for young Finlay Pollock. No sign of Dan Dweeley, which we've already spoke about. Um, and also, no Jamie Walker. What do you think his story is going to be this season? I was just going to ask ask you the same, actually, in thinking about the squad there beforehand. Um, seems like he might suddenly be a squad contributor rather than a, a star. Yep. I think, I think we good. mentioned last year as well about him being a bit of an impact sub. And that he played he always played better when he came on as a sub. And the way that we've lined up in these two games with a front three of Ginelli, Boyce, Mackay, Stephen, and then two, two you know, deeper lying um, centre midfielders and Haring and Halliday and Pollock and um, McInef that played against Peterhead, where do you put them? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't play them ahead of any of those players and I think Jimmy Walker might be getting to that point where he's like, I need to be playing first team fit, but I need to be keeping myself going. Um, so Walker might be one you see leave, which mm-hmm. I yeah. think it would. I, I think it would be a bit of a loss to the squad. But like I said, you don't really want a player who's only going to perform when he comes off the bench. He's, I still think he's he's a very very talented player. It's, it's a tough one though. I think if we can if we can keep a player like that as a depth piece, it's, you know we're doing very very well. Um, yeah, because I think you know having that ability to bring a player off the bench with that with that quality would be would be great. But for him, I'm not sure that's what he's going to be looking for whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with with both Cameron and Hammy is, and also the sort of the way we play now is Jamie Walker's best position is sort of a, a ten in behind the striker, and we don't really play that. In either of the formations we do, but either four three three or a what's it a five two three, so th- there really isn't much room for them. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Last season, I, I think one of the the better debates on this podcast was Jamie Walker, future captain or impact sub. So, pretty shocked to see he's potentially not even getting on the bench. So yeah. I'm sure he won't be happy. Because what? Why are you just walking out? Twenty nine. Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Still got you know good years of football ahead of him. I wouldn't be surprised. St Johnston scores fifteen goals, fifteen assists. <laughs> Something but like that. If you play him and what Paddy was saying, and just behind the striker, he'll do well. But. It just doesn't for, for the two games we've seen. It just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And, so here's so here's a question for you: If if he does play and he plays in behind the striker, you can't imagine we play with two strikers and a man off them. 
it feels like you're then having to take either one of Boyce and Mandrilli off the pitch. It, it maybe begs the question whether or not we ever intend to go with two up top anyway. Um, but that becomes a debate for me. You know, do you want to play a man off with one up front or do you want to play the two? Well, at the, at the end of last season, when we were playing the five at the back, to all the mids, we did have Boyce playing as a 10 behind Nandwili and Henderson for a good few games. I think, did you not think that was he was doing that just to force it though? Like, I don't like Boyce as ten, a 10 either. I like Boyce in the box. I also don't imagine us I just, I mean, I might be wrong, but knowing the way or what we've seen of the way Nielsen sets up, us doing that in the Premiership seems doubtful. Yeah. Oh, especially away from home. We'll be lucky to see one striker, never mind three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed the Geigen press so badly, man. Two defenders <laughs> and everybody else up front. Going back, Stendhal. Um, I was going to talk about the tactics that against Cove. We, we went to a 4-3-3 for a good chunk of the game. It looked really good. Liam Boyce was basically playing as a false nine with Gino and GMS ahead of him. And it was just lovely stuff. So, um, and the, again, that's boys kind of falling into almost a 10 roll when the two of them come narrow. So, yeah. And, but it's slightly different with that because he still is, he still is there to get into the box and score goals. Whereas if he's got another striker in front of him, he tended to stay outside of the box, especially if it was Nandili at the end of last season. Um, but he's also a very skillful football player. So, that yeah. we can do that with him. Plus Janelli and um, oh his name's gone out my head. GMS. GMS. Thank you. I've played really well in the last two games, and I know that again the opposition's not been great, but you can only play who's in front of you. Right. So GMS has now scored six goals in our last five competitive games. So he's the first player to do that since Mark De Vries. <laughs> And Mark De Vries got what four in one game or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know who that was against. So there's that. He, he's potentially going to be our player of the season if he keeps up this form. But will it last? Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, the flippy, floppy nature of this podcast is quite unbelievable, really. <laughs> oh, I know. Hey, it's just what? For, what did you do for me lately? That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's football in a nutshell, bro. It is so, nowadays, I eh? Only as good as you. You know, maybe may that, um, you know, when we started to open up and play a bit more at the end of last season, it, it suited him and, and he, by that point, found his legs a bit. If the two things have come together at the same point, might be seeing the fruits of it now. Exactly. Aye. See if he can do it up against the better opposition. We'll soon find out when we play Celtic on the opening game. <laughs> I, I honestly think, though, there's an argument to be made for us getting better chances this season because teams will open up. They'll, they'll yeah. come at us because they won't sit behind the ball in the way they did last season. Right. And I know it was only Cove Rangers, but see if we play, especially at home, with that kind of pace and momentum, with Gino, GMS, boys flicking at it, we could do very well against open defences, like if the form's going and the confidence is there. So Ticky tack of hearts. I'm just saying I might be checking the odds on us winning the league. Um, so I, that, that was uh, GMS and Gino and obviously we all hope Ginelli keeps keeps fit he played another well, he played a full game there so that's a good sign um, 
Young Pollock, uh, Hammy, what did you make of his performance in midfield? I actually thought he looked um, all right. I think he still showed a bit of rawness, but rougher in the edges. You know, he, he, I, I seem, he seemed to get a bit of criticism for Chris Sutton for taking a shot at goal rather than passing it to GMS, but mm. I wouldn't expect, you know, you're near, near enough penalty spot. Go for goal. Aye, um, fuck off, Chris Sutton. <laughs> um, but he, he he looked assured. He was getting stuck into some tackles as well. He didn't seem to didn't it didn't seem like the occasion faced him as well. So that's good that he's uh, he's coming through. Um, please remind me, was it Pollock that got a bit of game? T- no, it was Scott McGill, wasn't it? He got a bit of game time in the League Cup last season, and then we we never seen him again. I've got a wee yeah. feeling that might happen again, but. Um, Listen, getting a, getting him in, getting him in about the sort of match day preparations and everything is only going to help him. So, fair play. I think he looks a decent player, and we could have a prospect on our hands, which yeah. which is worrying <laughs> in, okay. in a certain way because <laughs> this has happened before. Find right. Harry Cochran. I was just about to say I'm getting Harry Cochran vibes off him, and <laughs> at least Craig Levine's not here this time to just end his career. Yeah, just as it starts. So, and Celtic is the first game of the season, eh? Yes. Watch him put <laughs> Pollock in the game, masterpiece. <laughs> Never seen a game played for Hearts. <laughs> oh, this is the darkest timeline. You're Harry Cochran. <laughs> I feel feel for him. Yeah. I lose sleep over Harry Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's still not signed for anyone either. No. I, I heard a wee rumour that Edinburgh City were interested and that, actually Cove Rangers as well. They would both it's make big, sense, like. It's a big drop, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a big drop, but both teams should be kind of cruising their league, so maybe building a squad for better things. Aye, but also he's a player that suffered from injuries and those leagues will eat him up. Mm, terrible pitches and big thumping tackles. Yeah. <laughs> you should go and play in Spain. Exactly. Oh, wait. Anthony McDonald tried that for a couple of weeks. <laughs> didn't, didn't work. Um, Andy, Andy, Andy McHalliday? Andy Halliday was man of the match, and he was absolutely bloody outstanding. Aye. What is going on? Apparently getting a loan back to Rangers, Jarvie. <laughs> that was Hammy spreading fake news this, this evening. What was that, Hammy? Just this, because uh, I was I was doing a bit of swatting up for the the pod, and I just typed in hearts because I was looking at the the new hires we've got. And a Rangers <laughs> news article came up, and it just says Andy Halliday opens hearts account with fine strike as Rangers return looms. Like, what a clickbait article that was! How have I not heard about this? But no, it's just about him going back to Ibrox to play against Rangers. Better than that, Hammy. I, I love that you've now given away how you do your research for the podcast by typing in hearts. It's because you use Google News, Hammy, don't you? I do the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because we're in our fairies we struggle with the old uh, search engines. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you do yours in the evening news. Only <laughs> <laughs> get five free bloody reads a week. Terrible. Um, a physical copy. <laughs> hey, paper boy. Um, that was the, the kind of key performances. Such an easy day, the office, really, for Halkett, Suter, Kingsley, Craig Gordon. Um, we spoke about Michael Smith already. What did you make of the, the new Cochrane? Fairly quiet game down the left. Um, 
<laughs> not much to <laughs> say. I, I, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't do anything wrong. He he looked, he was getting up and doing the wing very well. He's, he's Again, he's not been here that long, so he's probably still getting used to, to playing with who he plays with. But I think having somebody out wide left like that, young, able to run at defences, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And Kingsley's looked very assured in that sort of left centre-back position as well. Ah, he did. Very quiet game. I actually forgot he was on the park till they got subbed off. But it was just completely unchallenged there. Do you reckon that that's where they might play him? And that's why they brought this other boy in? Uh, I've heard that Cochrane can also play at centre-back. I think they might try them. Might Both put out. Him in. Yeah, try uh, him at centre-back. Yeah. Um, like on Tuesday, whenever we're bloody playing. Um, yeah, I think he's still to convince the fans Cochrane will see. This is getting really confusing. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had a pl- another player called Cochrane that yeah. played over a year ago. Ah, um, but he was in our hearts. This one's not. <laughs> not yet. He might. He might win your heart. Um, but yeah, three 0 lovely performance, and we're going to win the treble. Uh, <laughs> Hammy, out of context, Jumbles kickback. You are looking at the Cove one, the Cove game for this one. away and don't talk a lot of shame. Yes, and uh, just to continue the theme of unchallenged optimism, I've got some of the reaction from uh, from the game, from after the Cove game. So one man says, Boyce is the best attacker we have had since well before Lafferty. Better than Isma, Wanma, So, etc., that was his 19th or 20th goal for us last night in less than 40 games, less than one in two. Incredible. In terms of more than just goals, he's probably our biggest asset. I watched him come darting to the halfway line to receive a pass, pulling his marker out with him, exposing space after space at the back. That's not just work rate, that's intelligence. So glad we have him, so glad he's decided to stay with us. A fantastic player. Another one says, couldn't help noticing last night that the strikers' link-up play was like watching John Robertson, John Calhoun and Sandy Clark. The movement around the player on the ball at times was immense. Running beyond the striker by the midfield players was also excellent. Somebody says about Boyce, looking at him in this bit, you'd struggle to identify the one apparently rated at three to four million. Boyce is a much better footballer and six years age difference doesn't make a lot of difference other than Boyce is the finished article. Another one says, in Boyce, Haring, Suter, Smith and Gordon, we are five of the best players in the division in their positions out with the old firm. Gary Mackay, Stephen on his day as well. I would say Walker too, if he can turn back the clock to 16-17, but he's too much of an enigma these days. We have nothing to fear from other teams. Certainly not Hibs and their, and their pretending million pound players. Just have to keep these guys fit and get them all playing at the top of the game at the same time. And that is, seems to be harder than it seems at times. Um, another one says, loved being back tonight and was really good performance. I was, it was great to hear how, hear how especially Halkett encouraged the players in front of him. He was brilliant with Pollock. It did make me think, though, that I tend to moan too much at games. I was so happy to be back. It felt like I had no right to moan again. All in all, very enjoyable and emotional night. Roll on Saturday, even if it is just a friendly. I will never take hearts of Tynecastle for granted again. Um, 
Another one says, this one's for Jolly. I think he'll be listening. Um, Defo, maybe it was more evident seeing it live in front of you rather than when the cameras want you to pick out, but it was very fluid and almost seamless. Smith man of the match for me, despite a ropey last five minutes. Anyone think the new LED lights feel a little underpowered? I was in the Gorby <laughs> stand and thought the school end looked a little dark. That was when I remembered and noticed the new lights. So there was new LED lights put in, but apparently they're not up to scratch. And like I say, Jolly does... Uh, He's going to like love that. Lights. <laughs> um, so, and then finally someone says, good performance from the whole team, some well-worked moves and nice football. Could have easily ended up six or seven, to be honest. Only shite teams up until now, but I have no doubt we'd have struggled against Cove at certain points last season. And it's probably a fair point in there. I think that was uh, very nice seeing kickback eventually opening up their hearts um, to being a bit positive for a change. I'd get two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that guy said he's not going to moan again. Wait until we lose. <laughs> absolutely. In, I'm in shock. Wait until we <laughs> well, don't know what to say. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Um, looking ahead and by ourselves. Um, so we've got Sunderland on Saturday, we've got Stirling Albion on Tuesday, and Inverness next Sunday, which hopefully we'll actually be at. Hopefully. Um, there's no point in looking into them too much, is there? We'll now go over to Hanny and Cameron for by ourselves. Well, I think, um, considering that. Um... We didn't have anything to talk about in terms of upcoming games by sell. Could be really interesting one here, guys. Uh, some non-game action to talk through. So I'll let Hammy do the, the update from last week and then I'll ask you some questions. So last week's scores. So the first question was over 3.5 goals in the Peter Heat game. We only scored two. Paddy sold that. Simon bought that, Jarvie bought that, and Hammy sold that. So it's a point to Hammy and Paddy. Number two, Hearts over 63% possession. We only actually had 56. Um, Paddy bought that, Simon bought that, Jarvie sold that, and Hammy bought that. So a few points going there. Again, number three, would we have a signing? Um, Paddy Stoner, uh, no, sorry, Paddy Simon and Hammy sold that. Jarvie bought that. He was optimistic. He <laughs> failed. And the last one was, would we get tickets? Paddy was the only one who sold that. The rest of us bought it. So that leaves us on. And wait for this, lads, by the way. In last place on one is Simon and Jarvie. Second place is Hammy on two. And on third place is none other than Patrick on three. I'm glad. So that was just for this week. Yeah, it doesn't good. count to the season, so... It's good to get um, all the good luck out in the, in the pre-season. Unbelievable. He shows up like against DNA. poor teams, beats up bad defences. <laughs> the GMS of the podcast. <laughs> He's what you'd call a fantasy streamer. <laughs> so, some wonderfully exciting brand new questions for this week. I'll lead with, by the next time we record which I believe is a week on Monday, the week building up to our first league game of the season, will we have signed a new player? Bye. Bye. Oof, that was very confident, gents. Um, 12 days. I'm going to buy as well. I think, we, surely, 
Surely. Aye. Aye, I, I'm going to have to buy just... It's more in hope as well, to be honest with you. We need a few more players. Or do we? I mean, we're fine. Like, but... Jarvie, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Following up with another, another uh, out there question. Um, the buy-sell on whether or not any of us are at the Inverness game. Sell. <laughs> I'm going to buy that. <laughs> right. See if we I'm don't get it. I will be emailing the club. <laughs> <laughs> Strongly worded. Strongly worded. And I guess by sell us to have brought in another member of backroom staff by the next <laughs> time we record. Definitely by that's a weekly thing now. <laughs> um, I'm gonna sell that one. I'm, I'm self. Surely there's no desks left. <laughs> Gary Locke will be getting itchy feet like, like shit. <laughs> it is mental. Like, Craig Levine just must have walked around a ghost town. <laughs> Nobody else there. <laughs> oh, uh, do you want another? Do you want, I, I could think of probably one more. We're playing three games of football, so what about a football one? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're so far away. Um, hearts to hearts double. Um, Sunderland and Stirling and Albion both wins. Bye. I'm going to sell that one. Um, I'll buy. I fucking I'll, just saw Hibs beat I'll, Arsenal last night, so it's possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it as well. I'm gonna buy it for the reason that my fifth and final question this week is: I'm gonna buy this one. Craig Gordon makes it to 11 games with a clean Ooh. sheet. Aye. Sunderland are shite now. Not the team they used to be. Sunderland are potentially the most Tim Pot team in England. <laughs> <laughs> All complaints again to the Broken Hearts podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sell that one. Um, I'll sell. Yeah. He might, he might not oh. play on Saturday. He might get subbed on or off. He used to play then he'll have to keep a clean sheet versus Inverness as well. Get mm. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, my Celtic. Or, or if he doesn't play in two of the games, then he'll have to keep a clean sheet versus Celtic. <laughs> Definitely bye. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Talking a Tim Pot. Sell. I'm just... <laughs> Going to start raining goals. <laughs> but there you go. I'll... Um... I'll update you with scores next time I'm here. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, beautiful. Um, thank you, Cam. Um, well, I think that's all we have time for today. I think we've covered everything we can. Uh, look forward to speaking to you next time with three games to speak about, as well as our season-long predictions and looking ahead to Celtic. <laughs> Don't know how long, try and get that in under an hour. Um, but thank you, boys. Thanks to Padman Productions for all your editing time as ever. Tonight has been an absolute shambles. <laughs> I wish you nothing but the best. Um, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast or email us heartspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, do leave us a nice read of you or even just a five-star rating. So until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>
pre-season games. Uh, they're back already. Jesus. <laughs>